Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Be a part of the show. Text Bobby V on the UPS Jobs text line at 437-9680. V-Show. Continuing to roll along here. See, I kind of combined it. Normally I say, see, I'm like, I'm mind, not quite. I'm mind trucked because you guys brought up the not quite at the beginning of the show, which is definitely, as as you brought it to my attention, my go-to to open the show it's okay, when I'm, though. When I'm I filling find in. It- Nourishing and filling. I always like to be nourishing and fulfilling. That's kind of my go-to. Um, it's just it's just who I am. I just like ever like I'm just like a giant nourishing <laughs> teat. I don't know. Uh, I, no. I kind of just where you were going. I, I, I don't know what like a giant source of nourishment is. Let me throw in this so non sequitur for you, no. if I may. Fantastic radio. Sorry, not you, me. Like I call. I'm calling Anna Shrek. I'm calling myself a teat. What's wrong with me, Leibs? So I'm going to throw this out there. Please. Um, riot on Cell Block 99. Okay, Riot on Cell Block 99 is... Mm-hmm. This is the Vince Vaughn movie you were talking yes. about? I think it's about 2017. Okay. Highly I've recommend. never heard of this. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of this. Strange, but like it's a, I, uh, it's a different role for him. Um, much more serious, but enjoyable. Okay. Right, Where did you find this? What, which streaming service was this on? Uh, I'm not sure. But just search it. It's called what, Riot it. in the Riot on Cell Block ninety nine. The Riot on Cell Block ninety nine. So there we go. Um, it's good to know. It's got a little John Wickish type of feel to it. Okay, I like. I, I can mm-hmm. deal with a little bit of action like yeah. that. See, your boy and the misses are just knee deep in suits right now. So really, yeah. So I didn't realize what a great series that is. Very much enjoying it. Um, we're like season five, I think. So that's kind of like the, been the onus of my focus, right? Have now. a little fun and count how many times someone um, just walks out of the room when they after they make their talk or whatever. Right. They just leave. Is that hmm, that's a good it's, point? It, they're always either walking in to make a statement and then walking right back well, out. They're very busy lawyers at Pierce Inspector Lit. <laughs> Spoiler alert! It's so. a decent show. I think it kind of. Well, you said it, it kind of it, tapered it, off right, it, it, right when it, they kind of went away from the main characters. Yeah, I mean, right? after season three, I figure you know it's 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 light fare. It's enjoyable, and it's it's fun. It's how not, many? How you many, don't have to overthink it. You get to see, you know, um, Meghan Markle be pretty, mm-hmm. be good at being Meghan Markle. And what's his name? Harvey Specter. Harvey Specter. Yeah, you get Gabriel to see, Locke. Right. Yeah. Look at you. You've yeah. done. Yeah. You know the spirit, all. man. He played the spirit. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. The movie didn't exactly get a ton of uh, positive reviews but mm-hmm. see that was when like when, when i was in college this golden era from like 2008 
to like 2000, basically the Avengers, the first Avengers film, mm-hmm. was this golden era of like superhero movies. Oh, yeah, Batman Begins. Yeah, Batman Dark Begins. Knight probably was and, squeezed in there. And, and, and Hancock was in there. And, Hancock. And the Spirit. Yeah. But like, like superhero movies weren't like Hancock played was awful. out. I thought it was okay. I thought it was good. I liked the concept. The concept, the concept, was, concept good. was great. The first thirty minutes was good. And yeah, then it just, I, I totally yeah. agree. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Like they couldn't really land the plane. No, they, I that, mean they did. They, they did, crashed and burned on that one. I don't think it blew up, but they definitely lost the landing gear and it skidded. I mean, you have on the runway. You have Bateman. You have Will Smith, Charlize Theron. I mean, you're no. I you're mean, in good shape. Star studded cast. Oh yeah. yeah. No, the first the first half of the movie, first thirty minutes, like you said, terrific. Then it kind of gets a little wonky, mm-hmm. but yeah. very wonky. Yeah. So uh, yeah, what, what, what were we talking about? How did we get on that? You um, were saying something. I went to a non sequitur, and then we're now on. Yeah, this that's right. Movie. All right. Oh, text line. I wanted to clear out the text line four three seven nine six eight UPS jobs text line. Um, I want to ask you this question first. Two things, real really quick. Yes. One, your former boss says mm-hmm. that college basketball could use a union. I know you don't have a ton of thoughts on this because I, I we, we talked about it in the break. But <laughs> I have thoughts. It's just you know, it's coach throwing out you know his spiel and his hyperbole with all the kind of stuff. But I didn't it, hate it's it. Not, it's I not. I didn't hate terrible. it. Terrible. Um, and he talked about players committing for two years, almost like professionals, because he's calling them professionals now, and especially with the NIL at St. John's, which right. is exorbitant. They have quite oh, yeah. a bit. Um, I, I don't know. It makes it tougher for the high majors. Yes. But some of the mid to low majors, I don't know if that's going to work. I mean, we, look, t- we talked about it. Basically, a lot of a lot of schools, I think, are going to just have to go to the club level. It's it's so, funny. I'm watching hockey. Um, you know, I'm doing I'm doing Bellarmine Stetson tonight, and the the um, they were playing Central Arkansas. I was just watching some Stetson games, and they were just talking about one of their wings, um, Anderson, for Central Arkansas. And like. The the play by play and the color man were just like, well, yep, with the portal, he probably won't be around next year, right? And because he's putting up such good numbers, so it's just you know, it's almost that talk is out there as far as getting guys to commit and so on. But the NCA is a broken entity to begin yeah. with, so it's been broken it, for a while. Oh, it sure has. So is there is there something that you know, coach just comes out and just says, hey, this is what would work. And he's not afraid to put it out there, but a lot of people would think that, too. Well, we so. talked about this on the Gasbags podcast. Check us out, uh, ESPNLouisville.com, SoundCloud, nice iTunes. Um, also, check us out on uh, ESPN Louisville Plus. Like, share, and subscribe on YouTube. Please do that. we got great content coming up. i got to um, get back in the mix. Well, been, you've been busy. You've been busy with a big boy job. Let's mm-hmm. be honest. You're doing you're doing play-by-play stuff, or not, uh, and you know, color work mm-hmm. for Bellarmine and, and elsewhere. And, you and know, Batman in the evenings. Yeah, so that's Batman been, in the evenings. So, you know, I mean, so it takes busy. up a lot You're of time. busy. It's yes. like no, no one holds it against you. Mm-hmm. We miss you. We do. But, you know, we understand. Um, before we get to the text, I've been chugging green tea. We're having a coffee dilemma here at the station. Stay with the tea, Nick. Digging it. So good for you. Digging it. This green tea, mm-hmm. I'm knocking down like three to five cups a day. I don't feel super jittery. It's got uh, the green tea's got theanine in it. It's very much like a you know the focus drinks. Mm-hmm. It's not quite as flavorful as the focus drinks. Miss me some focus too. We need some. Vinny Tatum if you're listening. Putting up the the Vinny Come Good on, Times Vinny. single. Come on, signal the Vinny Good Times Come signal. Through, he if always he, does. He always does. Could go for some. Uh, you know, I drank focus. Um, not green tea, but my mom's British, so I would always. Uh, that's what I. Right. What, what we were talking we about. Tea all the time. Pip pip. And cheerio. I still drink. <laughs> what time? When do you? Well, we want to know Wednesday. Mm-hmm. 
from a man that has British in him, what is the proper, probably better way to put that? Uh, <laughs> just like your 50% Big Ben. I, I don't know. But what is, uh, what's the proper time for British tea, high tea? Um, lunchtime. Lunchtime? That's when you have your cup of tea. You know, but see, like it's not just ish. Doesn't it's not for lunch, but like you know, it's like. But don't you get a snack with it too? Like maybe some some biscuits, as you call them. Possibly, you but know? that's also a big thing. I worked at Monsignor Pace High School in Miami, right? And so a lot of British um, people there. N- no, okay. um, stay with me here. But they would come around after lunch with Cuban coffee. That was the big thing. So around two, you get your Cuban coffee. Okay, what's the difference between Cuban coffee and high tea, British tea? Well, Cuban coffee has um, about 73 um, cubes of sugar in it, and <laughs> it basically just you know, jacks you up for the, the rest of the day. But that's a big thing. They bring around the um, bread, right. just the, like the French bread, and some Cuban coffee. That was a big thing in Miami. As far as tea, yeah, you're going to enjoy that You know, cup of tea, put your pinky finger pinky up. up. And, uh, yeah, so Cuban coffee is like at 2 o'clock. And they're both they're both in that one to two fifteen ish. Okay, because I was thinking tea's like noon or like one, like so. But both tea it's and like an Cuban coffee. Thing. What's better, Cuban coffee or high tea? The bread and the jacked up coffee, or some tea and crumb and biscuits. Well, it's a, it's a, it's whatever type of if you want to be the Tasmanian devil and jumping off the walls, it's it's the Cuban coffee to keep you going that, that mad rush for the next couple hours and then you just. You flame out, but the tea is enjoyable, but it's an acquired taste, well, I believe. Well, I tea. mean, I didn't think I would, like. I mean, I've had green tea before. Mm-hmm. Not usually, wasn't like a huge fan. Didn't hate mm-hmm. it. Didn't hate it by any stretch. But I just was kind of like meh. But I don't know. Whatever this batch is, loving it. Like it's not doesn't have that weird like aftertaste. It's fantastic. Want to give a shout out, by the way, to something that doesn't have a weird aftertaste. Uh, our friends at Matzo Pie. Big thanks to Matzo Pie for dropping off some epic pizzas and focaccia bread for lunch today. Also, shout out Blanket Baker. Brought back a cookie for Chase and a couple of uh, meatball hoagies for the uh, producers. So, how about that guy? You know, tip tip of the tea to uh, excuse, Mark Blankenbaker. Excuse me. Head out to Matzo Pie's Anchorage location for a unique dining experience. Also visit the Douglas Loop and Butchertown locations. Went to the Butchertown location this past weekend. Fantastic stuff. Stop in, pick up some 1020 craft brews, and discover the delicious handmade brick oven pizza that is Matzo Pie. Went there this weekend. I got their pizza beer. It's like called the Schnitzel Burger. Um, fantastic. Why wouldn't it's, it be? That's it's a like perfect name. If pizza was cookies, this is milk. Mm-hmm. Goes with it perfectly. And I'm sorry. I know where Tanner's I going not, with this. I did not. I got a bone to pick with Blank now. Well, for what it's worth, he hates me. It's fine. No, he doesn't hate you. I didn't get one either. All right, then. I don't feel as bad. But I didn't ask for one. So I'm, I'm, I'm saying to myself that Blank would hook me up if I asked. If you I, asked, he might tell you to kick rocks. I've heard the cookies know. are good, though, so I'm a little cookie, upset. Best cookie in the city. All like, right, then, fight yeah. me on it. I'm a little upset. Absolutely. Then. Best cookie in the city. What the fex? What the hell is a fex? I, I thought you wanted to get back to the text. Fe- and see if fex? We can oh no, crank text. Out some you text. were talking about text. I'm yes. sorry. Four three seven nine six eight UPS jobs text line. Uh, if you want to be part of the show regarding KP, I'm not defending him, but the team is making some improvements, even if inconsistently. One has to wonder how things might look if he had not lost several players. How many programs have lost four players likely to play significant minutes? It's a fair point. Trent Flowers, gone at the beginning of the season. Dennis Evans, unfortunately, medical issue, ending his career. Hersey Miller now gone. Sky Clark banged up. And J.J. Trainer was out for the year with a shoulder mm-hmm. injury. 
Your thoughts on that, Leafs? Well, you know, with some of those guys, I think Dennis Evans is going to take a while. I don't know how impactful he would have been this year. It was a growing experience for him, understanding how to play college basketball. Right. Um, you know, Trenton Flowers was a very talented guy. Uh, Hersey, a reserve. You know, J.J. could definitely bring some depth and so on. But look, there's a lot of coaches that have to deal with all those type of adversity and, and, and roster um, you know, losing players and so on, whether it's from um, injuries or what we just saw with Syracuse and what happened with Quran. So, yeah, look, you, you got to piece it together and you, you have what you have, and that's building your roster construction from the beginning and making sure you have depth at certain positions and how you want to play, and that's what you have to figure out early on. What What's our style? What, what do we want to do? What, what are we trying right. to accomplish? Are we, you know, that's... That's who we are. Our identity is we're going to play extremely fast. And if we turn the ball over, it happens. But we're getting up and down. Or you're just going to be digging in and making sure we're getting stops and we're rebounding. And, and this is where our focus is. It's what you emphasize. So, you know, that's part of it. And at this time of the year, you know, one thing that's a factor is when you don't have that kind of depth, it affects practices in a way that you don't have a lot of five-on-five. Five. And so you don't have a lot of guys that can – you, know, you don't have the, the solid 10 maybe sometimes to go yeah, against each other. Point. The whole so that, iron sharpens iron thing. Sure, you know? and, and, and that's where One guys compete and you can figure, figure things out. But, but there's ways to get through all that stuff. And, and look, when I hear, you know, well, we had great practices up until this game. Sometimes I don't want to have great practices. You know, I want really? guys frustrated. I want guys, you know, to understand that there's so many things that we have to be detailed on. We might spend 39 minutes on how we blow up a DHO or, or a handoff, triple handoff, mm-hmm. where our footwork is, how our big is going to show out and almost treat it like a ball screen, how we're going to play the bottom foot. And sometimes that frustrates players, and then you know they, you know, they want to just play right, and stuff right. like that. And so they're not as engaged, but you're, going, you're just pounding that mentality in there and just being as detailed as possible. So the practices might not look great, but come game time, then guys get it. And they understand conceptually what your message is. So that's extremely important. So sometimes even if you don't have 10 guys, you can really be detail-oriented and, some, and say, okay, this is what we have to be better at. So watching Louisville, even the last game, I think they did a, a better job of tagging and plugging some of the roles and understanding what they want to do in the ball screens. And, and guys off the ball just seemed a little more alert, which is a good sign. But that's something that's got to be consistent. And that can't be, well, one guy knows what he's doing, but the other four don't you have to be really connected coach mark lieberman nick valvano in for bobby v today good stuff there from coach uh a couple more texts before we bid adieu to uh master lieberman um i like that yes we could only really only wonder how this season would have gone without those injuries uh with the coach who was considered by sports media the worst college basketball coach in the modern era before his second season was even halfway over i'll say this Nuance. I feel like there's two different ways to look at that. On one hand, we said it at the beginning of the year. Even me, who was painted as an ardent KP defender, even with Trenton Flowers leaving, said this on middays with Marcus Maven. No doubt the timing of it, no doubt his talent level and what he, you know, his ceiling was supposed to be, no doubt presence, like his, his lack of presence felt for, for UofL, definitely hurt them. That said, it was not to be an excuse for the whole season. Um, Dennis Evans leaving, J.J. Trainer. I mean, they're running out of guys. 
um, certainly, certainly, certainly a factor in the season, um, but not an excuse because we've seen the sample size when they did have enough bodies. The the, the losses, the lack of a uh, off, uh, lack of an offensive identity, a complete lack of a defensive identity. Like I, but I feel like you can look at it two ways. It was a factor. It's not an excuse, right? Yeah, and and a guy like BHH, this right. he knows he's the guy, so he's not. He's playing. He's not looking over his shoulder. He knows that he's going to get minutes, and now and now he's being extremely productive with that. And you could take it two ways. You can say, okay, uh, I can feel good about myself because I'm going to play no matter what I do, or I'm going to try and impact this game as much as possible. And he's doing a lot of that on the offensive end. Again, I'd like to see more defensively from him. He's not a shot blocker. He's not this explosive athlete, but um, you know, maybe attacking charge and giving some early help and so on. But offensively, he's really you know shown that he can be a very effective player. Shooting really well too. I think. Oh well, yeah, I mean, like- knock down the three against FSU when they played off him. He's you know he he's a good pick and pop guy and and what teams might do especially against a guy like Tyler they might go under screens they might slough off and not give him driving lanes and those opportunities can get rescreened and do some pick and pops because they might soft double a guy like Tyler and kind of corral him to keep him out of the lane mm-hmm. and with a guy like BHH he can just step out and knock down that three or have a straight line right, drive right you got to guard him honestly yeah he's right. skilled mm-hmm. right. Uh, a couple more texts, 437-9680, UPS Jobs text line. Um, KP has had uh, two years with a clean reset. We're well past that at this point. I mean, if that's in regards to um, what CL was talking about, um, I mean, I feel like yes and no. I mean, the, 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 the cloud was definitely still lingering. I think it, from what I heard, uh, affected some of the recruiting in year one. Um, that said, they, they are well past that again, a factor, not an excuse. I feel like, um, yeah. And it, it, look, you have that middle of the season or, or excuse me in that area, you know, the DePaul, Virginia tech, Arkansas state, you know, those type of things, which were tough. And that's, that's what, you know, people can still, you know, re- reflect on and look at rather than, okay, here's our building blocks and if they can improve and so on. And to see CL's point, you know, if they can win some of these these games, and then you have to go on the road maybe and steal one. Yeah, you know, steal right. one from as I mentioned earlier like from Pittsburgh. Pitt, yeah. Right, you know, steal one, uh, even Boston College. But to win on the road is is tough in conference, whoever you are. Right. I mean, we see that all the time. So if you can steal a couple on the road, you know, there's some signs there. Yeah, uh, but there definitely seems to be at least a pulse right now, and I mean, and that was at times you didn't feel like that at all but mm-hmm. i feel like the fans are a little jaded because everyone got a little excited after the road win at miami and then there's the letdown game mm-hmm. after that so i really do think i think honestly the season is going to be measured by this performance yeah i mean look you beat miami at miami and then you lose six straight yeah so, exactly you know that's you gotta you you gotta build on it and understand but this team you take just, texas to the wire and then you mm-hmm you know, get confused by IU zone and you right. stumble through the non-conference. And Well, as I've said, for this team, if they can just make a commitment to that defensive end of the floor and just say, okay, this is this is who we are, this is what we're going to do, and we're going to do it well, whatever, if it's one thing, if we're just going to switch and be a really good switching team, 
if we are going to make sure we're not we're forcing tough twos and we're just going to pack it in. Whatever it is, that's going to help this team moving forward for these last few games. Four three seven nine six eighty UPS jobs text line. A uh, couple more before uh, Coach Leaves gets out of here. Uh, Brandon Huntley Hatfield is a different player today than December. JJ was also coming along, but now is gone. I think more underestimate. I think most underestimate his loss. Your thoughts on that one? Yeah, look, I like JJ. I think he was he was active and and you know he he brought um, shot blocking. Um, he was another guy that can play inside out. But for a guy like BHH, you know he's. He's getting his minutes. He knows his minutes are coming. So, like, for him, that breeds confidence, too, because you know you're not going to have to look over your shoulder, and you know that, hey, I've got to be impactful, and he's doing that. And he's showing, rather than, you know, minutes here and there, his minutes have obviously gone up exponentially, but he's also contributing and putting up really good numbers, and he's getting better guard play, and that helps him tremendously. You know, where... um, a guy like Tyler is is peaking in the post almost on every possession. You know, he's coming down, he's threatening the post, he's looking there, he understands where guys are and they have a good synergy together. Absolutely. I mean, how much how much does that affect Tyler's play? The fact that he has like sort of like a safety net down there. Yeah, well, him trusting the pass and not under, you know, understanding that hey, everything, I don't have to just give the ball a headache. I can I can trust you know, throwing into the wing, or I can trust throwing into the post. And the more you give it up, you can trust that it's going to come back. And and this team is doing that a little bit more. Coach Mark Lieberman, a couple more before we get him out of here. Four three seven nine six eight UPS jobs text line. I've heard listens to any media lob- lobbying for a third year. Then even though uh, some of us pro herd folks will have a problem with Josh, then um, I don't think Josh is listening to. Um, I've got full faith in in Josh Hurd, um, and I also agree with Phil Baker's sentiment that this next hire needs to be Josh Hurd in the search committees. It doesn't need to be any alums, doesn't need to be any fans, doesn't need to be any media that are trying to push a certain candidate or anything like that. This this needs to be an unbiased decision because this next one, if that's the route they go, um, needs to needs to be done right. Otherwise, you're hovering around Miami football territory or IU basketball, um, and you're kind of scrambling for and holding on to. I mean, it's been ten years since. Well, I don't want to say ten years. I mean, they they were number one in the country with Chris Mack, mm-hmm. but it's been a while since they've been a postseason threat. Now, did Louisville take it in the shorts with COVID? Hundred percent, but a lot of schools did. And, but it's been a while since they've had that that level of success and recognition. And if you keep juggling through coaches, like I said, you're falling into Miami football territory. Mm-hmm. And so I do think that this next hire has to be on herd in the search committee and only on herd in the search committee. So I don't think if he were to give Kenny Payne a third year, I don't think it has anything to do with myself or CL Brown or anybody saying that he deserves a third year. I think that is because Josh has looked at a litany of factors and decided that it was the best course of action. So, uh, Texter, you have nothing to be worried about, in my opinion, that Hurt is going to be listening to media lobbying for it. Um, let's see. 437 UPS Jobs. Text line, losing all those guys are probably the difference between ending the season with eight or nine wins and about 13 to 15 wins. Do you put? Do you think that those guys would have been worth about, what, i got to do math here? Five to seven wins? I don't know. Um, 
you know, you look at beginning of the season, they had they had their full roster, and you know they struggled. But teams get better. You know, you hope that your team grows, and that's that's a collective effort from everybody, from the coaches to the players and so on. So that's the unknown. That's something that you can just speculate on. You just don't know. A couple more four three seven nine six eighty UPS jobs text line. You got to put the pizza rolls in the oven, and then they are amazing. The microwave, not so much. All right, so. Uh, pizza rolls in the oven over the microwave. Wrap the pizza rolls in bacon and grill them. That sounds fantastic. Well, that's a good call. Right, that sounds terrific. We want to know Wednesday. Andy Reid's winning percentage is above eighty percent after a bye week. So you got to wonder if uh, the extra prep is going to behoove the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. As you get out here, Super Bowl predictions, Super Bowl snacks, Super Bowl squares. Taylor Swift. You got any thoughts on the Super Just, Bowl? Eves? We'll keep it. Simply, you just the rule in life. Just don't bet against Pat Mahomes. Just don't. Bet. You don't have to bet the game, but just you know. I, I see. Uh, CL made the point. Um, it is. It's becoming very Brady Belichick. Yeah. Even though I think the relationship between Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes is a lot more cordial and and collaborative. Than yeah. It was that's a, that's a good word. You know. Collaborative. I, I think. I think that. He truly trusts them, and they trust each other. And you could see the love, even in the commercials. Like when they just, that State Farm one where he just giggles at the end. Andy yeah. Reid, when he's like, you know, with uh, with Pat Mahomes. But when you have complete trust in a guy like that, it, it makes the job so much easier. So I like the Chiefs. Well, there you go. Coach Leibs, appreciate the time, man. Get on out of here. Always, Nick. All right. We'll take the bottom of the hour break. Eric Crawford of WDRB will join us. You're listening to The V Show. We want to know Wednesday, ESPN 680, 105.7. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash careanywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. More V-Show with Bob Valvano is now. Right here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. V-Show rolling along here on a We Want to Know Wednesday on ESPN 680, 105.7. We'll have some We Want to Know Wednesday facts hopefully around 2 o'clock, courtesy of our man, intern Gager. Always appreciate that. Um, Also want to remind everybody that we are your home for Louisville basketball, the flagship station for the cards, and they are back in action tonight. Um, at 7 p.m. as they take on Syracuse. Our Alex R. White Network coverage begins at 5.30 p.m. After the broadcast, tune into the Coors Light postgame show with Ethan Moore. Um, so good stuff there. 
Also, uh, Bellarmine basketball in action against Stetson. You can hear that one six fifteen here on ESPN six eighty one oh five seven. Our man, Coach Lieberman, will have that uh, the TV call or the video call of that on ESPN Plus as well. So, with all that said, we welcome in WDRB's Eric Crawford at Eric Crawford on Twitter. If you want to give him a follow, um, we join. He joins us now on the V Show. Eric, how are you this Wednesday? I'm good. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Thanks for asking. Um, before we get into the cards and cats, I want to ask you um, your thoughts. Uh, the fabulous one, Phil Baker, also joining us in the studio. Um, but I want to ask your thoughts on, um, first off, the Dartmouth Union that um, they, they, they started, and also Coach Rick Pitino's idea of potentially having a salary cap, a two-year minimum contract for college basketball players. Do you think this is going to become the new norm, or do you think we're still a couple of years away from um, some sort of control happening in college ath- athletics. Yeah, I think we're going to stay in a period of flux for a while because once you know you can't have a hybrid employee student situation. Either you know they're full employees and they unionize and they have full collective bargaining, and it, it goes to a straight pay setup, which would bring some degree of stability and to the to the things but it would mean a lot more control and a lot more money probably for players or you know we're just gonna stumble around with where things are and and try and find a way to get there and that and that to me is is a lot more likely than anything significant getting done or any genie being put back in any bottles i mean it's all fine for coaches to call for you know, mandatory two-year contracts, but coaches don't face a mandatory two-year contract. And why is it any? Why should a player be any different? I mean, why why should we say a player you got to stay two years no matter what? When we don't, you know, coaches don't have to fulfill the agreements that they they can buy out. Players could buy out too. Schools could buy out a contract of a player, and then what do you do? So it, it's just you know we we've entered a slippery slope. These are students. Uh, it's not purely professional sports, but it's more professional sports than it's ever been. And it's not going to go back toward the whole student amateurism model. It's going to become more and more professional. I just don't know, you know, how they, how they work it out other than just open the gates and, you know, and say, this is, this is pro ball, semi pro ball, whatever they want to call it and go from there. Eric Crawford joining us of WDRB. I know, absolutely. I mean, definitely. I mean, once NIL got introduced, I mean, it was a Pandora's box. There's no going back. I do think that, um, just like with, with a lot of things, there is an ascension and regression to the mean. And right now, there's no rules at all. Um, and I do think there's going to be some sort of regulation to kind of level the playing field and change things up. I do wonder, do you think if they were to go the route of a salary cap, something along those lines, you will see a lot of low major, mid major schools have to basically abolish sports programs and go back to the club level. Do you think that they have a chance of existing in that type of climate? Well, they're already in it. I mean, they're in it right now. I mean, then the schools aren't paying these players. You know, we have to remember nobody's getting paid to play. We know, you know, how this works. You're getting paid to come there, but the contract. These kids are signing contracts. I mean, Trenton Flowers signed a contract for his NIL deal, and then he just left. 
And he didn't give any money back because he wasn't being paid to play basketball for Louisville. He was being paid for his name, image, and likeness, which you have, you know, regardless. So I, I just, you know, if you it, there's a big difference between being paid for the value of your name and being paid to play basketball. And uh, a salary cap and all of that is you're acknowledging that this is a salary for playing basketball. That opens up a whole new realm of, you know, players. And that's why, the, you know, the, these players at Dartmouth, you know, if a union votes in that they can become a union, then it further pushes things into a new direction that we haven't seen. Now, we've had this already. Football players at Northwestern, I think, try to do this. And the union in the end didn't vote to admit them. Um, so, and so there's that. I, Dartmouth is interesting. It's a it's an Ivy League school. They don't even get scholarships to play basketball. They're right. getting financial aid. So, you know, and, and what will happen? What can happen for a school like that if they win and, and unionize? Dartmouth can say, "Oh, screw it. We're not going to play basketball anymore. We're done." And that's it. And you know, and, and a school like that, what's it lost? It's not lost much, but just uh, you know, they'll move forward and do what they do. They're not known. You know, solely for their basketball, they're they're about a lot more than basketball, and maybe it'll take some schools doing that uh, before some of this, you know, backs off a little bit. Eric Crawford, WDRB here on the V Show. Uh, you and Rick Bozich did something on WDRB Plus talking about the anger index, how high the frustration is with the area mids hoops. Those teams have since won, so that's festered out a little bit. Louisville coming off the Florida State win, uh, Indiana getting a win, a comeback win against Ohio State, and then Kentucky, uh, even with some injuries yesterday going down and taking care of Jerry Stackhouse and uh, blowing past the handshake line yet again, but giving his son Brad Calipari a, a little smooch. I know a lot of people uh, thought that out, but just with some of the area fans having being able to digest some of those wins, wh- where would that anger index be today with the area teams? Well, I think it's like anything else; it goes down when you win a little bit. But I don't think. Look, the, the whole the anger at Kentucky is that not just over this year. This is a good team that still has a chance to be very dangerous. And I think fans understand that. They have a lot of faith in the talent they have. I don't think they have a lot of faith in Calipari, and that's what that you know, that's what that whole situation is about at Kentucky. Can he get this team ready to go and uh have them have them right by the time March rolls around and, and there have been quite a few tournaments in a row where they haven't been right. So I think that's where the angst comes from there. Uh but it once they get healthy, I, I still contend that they can play enough defense to be a team nobody wants to face. With Louisville, it's different. It's it's not just this year. It's last year in the stuff with Mac and the NCAA stuff and everything. It's all of this stuff that figures into it to the point where it's less anger than apathy now. That's what Louisville has to worry about at this point is apathy, and, and, uh, and there's a lot of it. Uh, and, and it's going to continue and I, I, to the point where, you know, they can win games and that's fine, but what does this win mean? It's not building toward a NCAA tournament. It's not building toward even the NIT. Right. And that, that, those are, that's what you have if you're Louisville. That's your standard. you got to get to the tournament and, and compete. And, uh, you know, they're not close to doing that. So they're going to win and maybe it'll, you know, it'll be a diversion until the end of the season. But, uh, 
but I, I don't think it really changes the the baseline of anger slash apathy that's that's down below the surface. And Indiana's just a, they had to win that game the other night, but they're that, that's a that's a problem up there because they should be better. They have more talent. I don't know what's happened up there, but they you know they got to start winning some games that they're not expected to because they're not. I don't think they're expected to win any more the rest of the season from Ken Palm. So uh, Woodson needs to get to to win because I think it. It's it's a pretty frustrated fan base. Same reason as Louisville. It's been a long time since they've they've really done anything. I wouldn't put it at Louisville levels, but yeah, I would say it's yeah. teetering toward uh, with Mike Woodson and the Indiana experiments, teetering toward a collision course, maybe similar to what uh, you're seeing down here in Louisville. It's not there yet, yeah. but I think it's no. festering, a little trending bit. more yes. towards the Louisville. I'm just yeah. you know if they start to lose, I always say the reality of losing is different from the idea of losing. And right? Say, yeah, we might go 500 down the stretch. And it sounds okay to say, but then you go through the actual losses and you misjudge just how angry you get with every piling loss. <laughs> Eric Crawford, WDRB, joining us at Eric Crawford on uh, X. It's the first time I've referred to it as X. I don't know why I did that. So normally, progressive. Well, yeah, I know. Normally I like to call it, I, I just call it Twitter. But um, good piece by him. Despite recent struggles, Kentucky's basketball upside still justifies hope. Last night, two things stood out to me in that uh, UK win or routing of Vanderbilt. Um, 109-77. First thing is they held them to under 80. Um, the other one is that the bench outscored the starters. You talk about in that piece about how maybe UK's defense could just improve 8 to 10% and what a different team they would be if they're able to do that. Uh, did they take a step in that direction last night, or was that just a case of that's a six-win Vanderbilt team? You yeah. can't really glean anything from it. I, I don't think we can tell, really. I, that, that, it's just, there's no way. They, they can get on top of people so quickly. I mean, they were up 10 before people had even sat down last night and they were up 20 you know 10 10 12 minutes into the game and Vanderbilt doesn't have the you know they don't have have what it takes to come back from that so that we really can't tell they did something different they zoned on on the uh you know baseline out of bounds plays right and then you know did a few things like that and you know Cal's got them working to fight you know, he's basically telling them just to fight through the screen and knock a guy down if you have to, but don't give up a three. They still gave up a bunch of threes last night. I, I kind of wonder, Kentucky is up there in tempo. I think they're – I can't remember what their tempo number is, but but it's up there. They play at a faster pace than the vast majority of teams in college basketball. I kind of wonder if their defense wouldn't be helped too by slowing some of that pace a little bit. If you go – let's say five possessions less a game or even four does that make a difference are you are you you know it's kind of like a a football in football where you want to run the ball a little bit more to keep your defense off the field um i I don't know there's various answers but the main one is just getting a lot of young players better defensively and that's one of the last things that comes for a lot of young players and it can switch on pretty quickly so so you know, I'd always rather be in a position where I had all this talent and it's just a matter of working the puzzle than, you know, trying to work a puzzle and having only four pieces. It's just, you know, so uh, I don't think it's time to give up on that group yet because they, they legitimately are, they, they do one special thing and that's score. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, if you could do one special thing and if you can do everything else just halfway decent, you got a shot. 
Eric Crawford, WDRB, joining the V Show. Nick Valvano, Phil Baker uh, here on ESPN Louisville. It's interesting to me because I heard you and Bozich talk about this, and even I think Tyler Griever joined our buddy Mark Ennis a couple days ago with just evaluating and going zero to coaching search, it's been difficult to just kind of talk about the Louisville program as a whole. But this is still, to recent knowledge, we still get the press releases from it, still one of the top college basketball markets in the country. So the ACC is a fascinating talking point for me because I feel like it's kind of snowballed just the basketball conference. Uh, Joe Lenardi updated it, saying Virginia is now in the tournament. But it feels like... It gets, I don't know, painted as like a terrible conference. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's the best conference out there, but what do you just make of the ACC as a whole from a basketball conference standpoint? And I know that's kind of contingent on Louisville getting its act together in the years to come, but right now only four teams it projected to be in the big dance with the Big 12 and SEC leading the way with nine teams. Yeah, it's it's a transitional time, you know, for the – for the league, I mean, Duke is still good. North Carolina is still good. Virginia is still good. Um, but and, and so those programs deserve a lot of credit for being where they are after losing Hall of Fame coaches, legendary type guys. And we see how difficult it is here to do that. Well, they have they have maintained it, and they did it in a little bit uh, better way with better transition. They didn't have some of the NCAA upheaval and didn't have the FBI on campus going through their offices and all that. But, uh, you know, this transition, we're feeling it. It's feel, being felt in Louisville. I think you'll see it at Syracuse where Louisville plays tonight. Uh, some of these traditional programs that you could just count on, uh, just count on to make the NCAA tournament. It was just a given. They're going to make it. Uh, they can't be counted on anymore. And until a couple of those get themselves back up and going, uh, I think we're going to view the ACC as like what happened to this, you know, this once proud basketball conference. I don't know that there's anything, you know, systemic that's made it happen. I just think, uh, you know, some of these you lost legends. The coach, you know, media day used to be like a who's who, and now it's like who's that guy? So right. you got to, you know, you got to learn to do people and learn. You know, it's uh, and and I don't know. I, I do think that over time too, this SEC Big Ten. Uh, situation with football and being the brand name conferences that's going to continue to to drain players that the ACC used to get. I mean, that, I think there's no doubt. I watch the SEC right now. There are a lot of good teams in there, a lot of talent. They've invested in coaching. They invest in facilities. Uh, they use their money wisely, and uh, that league especially is, is on the upswing. Eric Crawford, WDRB, joining us. Uh, Eric, talking about the ACC as a whole, uh, Louisville's schedule coming up. Seven of the eight teams are in the bottom half of the ACC. It definitely seems like a schedule where L can win a couple of games. Two-parter for you. What uh, do you predict is uh, the Cards' win total by the end of the regular season? And two, would that be enough? Um, are there any possibilities that Kenny Payne gets a third year based on the solely on that record oh it could definitely happen um uh, i think you know they they could win five games down the stretch you know i don't know if they will but they certainly could and uh i, I think you know for another year to me i don't know what josh Hurd's thing is to me i don't even think you think about it unless they you know unless they do that win five or six games down the stretch and then 
win three in the ACC tournament. I, I, and the bar is pretty high, but this, the bar is supposed to be high for this program. It's not a, you know, it's not a low bar, and they've they've just lost too much. And the problem is that you just, you know, Humana is leaving its headquarters downtown. LGD's leaving its building downtown, and you know, you don't want the KFC Yum Center to be another empty building downtown. Uh, they, they need to genuinely excite people and uh and really get get people behind them and i don't know if that's possible but uh but it would take a minimum of that to me to win five six games down the stretch here and then do something in the acc tournament and then you got a decision to make you can see you do that have some wins in the acc fire some coaches maybe you survive um but i don't know but it is definitely it's a possibility he has board he has board of trustee support I don't think the whole board, but he has supporters in there, and so I'm not going to write it off and say it's just it's just not going to happen. But if they keep losing, you know, there's no it, it's not going to happen. Well, and that's and I'm glad you said that. Uh, Eric Crawford joining us here on the V Show WDRB because I think a lot of at least some of the folks that we hear or see on the text line and call in what you just said about the board of trustees and maybe Josh Hurd may not have full autonomy of that. You've spoken to him now twice uh, yeah. since everything's transpired after the Kentucky game when there were rumors of him being out there. Do you kind of get, just for reassurance of some of those fans out there, I mean, contingent on not winning, um, he has he has the ability to operate in the space that he can make the decision on his own or will it be some outside influences? When I say outside influences, no, I don't think there's any outside influence okay. uh, necessarily. I, I think I think what you're seeing now, this uptick with the team and the, some of the buy-in and some of the improvement, that's kind of what he was, you know, what he was hoping to see. And he right. felt like it was more likely with Kenny Payne as coach than if they had, you know, gone outside and brought somebody in or elevated one of the assistants. I mean, that, that's what he wanted. So, uh, and they want to avoid, you know, more instability. But it's not. It is not a sustainable situation the way they're losing right now, and have been. It's got to. That has to improve. Eric Crawford, WDRB. Eric, we always appreciate the time. Do you have before we get you out of here any prediction for tonight's game uh, in Syracuse? Does Louisville make it a winning streak, or is it once again um, going to be a letdown after a, uh, a rather exciting win? I don't think there's any way to tell because I just – I don't uh, – in other words, I'm not expecting them to go up there and win the game. Now, they should based on the way they played last game, but I don't think game the game we know what's coming from these guys. And uh, I don't really know that – you know, Tyler Johnson is the best game of his career, but he's also hadn't been practicing well leading up to that. So what – was that an anomaly or is that something we're going to see moving forward? Uh, really, you know, Brand Holly at field, Mike James, the guys that we're seeing consistency from. The others are freshmen, and they can be great. They can be down. That's just what's going to happen until they're more experienced. So uh, I, I think they could win. I think maybe I'd say they should win, but I'm not going to say they will win. I'm not picking them. So I'm not putting any money on it. Let's put it that way. Well, there you go. Eric Crawford, at Eric Crawford on Twitter. Follow him and his compatriots' work at WDRB.com. Eric, we appreciate the time, man. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Well, there you go.
Good so. stuff from EC. Look, and I think that's some of the assurances. Look, he's talked to Josh Hurd twice. That's two more times than a lot yeah. of people in this market, if anyone. So um, th- that's something that I get a lot. So I'm glad Eric, who brings a very level-headed approach to just the entire situation, not going yeah. zero to coaching search and things like that and talking about sustainability, I, I think that appeases a lot of folks out there that may be concerned, albeit a ton of what ifs like right. it, what if they win the thing well there's been nothing that you've seen thus far that would you're, you're wishing and hoping versus anything actual sustainable or I'm sorry, anything you've seen thus far in the Kenny Payne experiment so right. you're saying what if they have played better but you haven't seen a winning streak I haven't seen them yet in conference play right so I think that kind of gives some um, that that gives stock to what Eric has said in the past about the deposits and what Josh Hurd has said so uh, I'm glad Eric reiterated that right right now with with that said do you think like i mean we we, we had we can get into this next hour actually we'll tease that because there's a lot of meat on the bone but we had cl brown join us earlier and he, t- he wrote the piece about how kenny payne should be judged by the sum of the season and uh, what happens down the stretch here not advocating one way or the other just saying that he thinks that that should be a factor in the decision that's made uh, i want to get your thoughts on that uh, we have some we want to know wednesday facts from gager we have a sports center to play uh we probably should do a v stakes pops is going to join at 2 30 i have no idea how we're going to cram all of this in along with your text 437 ups jobs text line but we're going to do our damnedest in hour three of the v show here on espn 680 1057